welcome to Homespun Wisdom Talks with my neighbour, with myself, Sarah Sharman, and yes, you've guessed it, Daniel Confino. I was thinking of changing my name to share, well, to share the experience with you, Sarah Sharman 2, part two. Part two. Because I, I just feel that we're joined at the hip these days. Well, that's a pretty awkward join. You know, there's this massive great piece of bone and this tiny slender bit of bone. I think that wouldn't work so well. No, but, but we can but try it. From a podcast point of view, we are joined at the hip. We are, for better yeah. and for worse. Not quite Siamese twins. No. But, you know, in podcast twins, I think we could say. I think so. And most listeners are probably thinking... This is for worse. Like, it's just been absolutely shocking, the stuff that I've been hearing on this show. But here I am, tuned in again for another episode. But you know twins feel things about each other even when they're not together. Do you know that? They often, you know, their their lives are really intertwined. Yeah. Uh, In fact, Jane knows a a couple of very elderly ladies, twins, and, and they both have things extraordinary happen. Like, they both lost the same tooth on the same day. Really? It makes you think that the whole, the whole of your life is programmed in, in some way. Wow. Yeah, it's a bit spooky. So I, I'm starting to have that thing about you. I can't, you, you're in my head quite a lot. Oh, no. You know, I kind of carry you around as a virtual person. It's like I've got this little annoying person on my shoulder <laughs> twittering away in my ear, you know, like, a, like that, tin, what's it called, tinnitus, you know, that noise you can never get rid of. Right. It's like an, like an illness, and you're, you're like that. You're like my tinnitus. You're I'm just... going to take all of this as a compliment. Um, I just wondered if you feel the same when you're out there, and do you ever think, I wonder what Daniel would have said in this situation when you're confronted with a situation? I wonder what Daniel would do. Sometimes, and actually, I was out for lunch uh, with your lovely you know, this, wife. This is going to be about not paying, isn't it? And we came, we ended up in a situation and the words spoken were, what would Daniel do? And mm. I thought, you know what? Christians, nice like cool modern Christians, have a bracelet that says WWJD on it. What would Jesus do? And, oh, I, thought, wait a minute. and I thought, we need this bracelet and we could have WWDD yeah. on it. Yeah, WWDD, that makes sense to me. What would Daniel I mean, do? How different am I from Jesus? Well, not too dissimilar, actually. I mean, we look similar. Yes. Both of the Jewish faith. Exactly. Both bad Jews, because, you know, he, he changed that all round a bit. Um, yeah. And um, and I'm good with wood. Or was that his dad? His dad was the his carpenter. His dad was the carpenter, yeah. Yeah, well, you know, I, I don't suffer from the, what they call the Messiah complex. No. Do you know about that, the Messiah complex? Uh... Where you think you can change the world? Yes, Actually, I, maybe I do a bit. I was going to say I do a little bit. That's why we're here together, given all this wisdom, isn't it? Yeah, but it? I'm actually, I am trying to change the world a bit. You know that plastic packaging thing I'm oh, doing. Yes, yeah. Maybe I do suffer from a messiah complex. Oh my God, it's just come out mm. in this accidental way. I mean, to I'm you. totally joking about the messiah complex. But, I am just here for all the entertainment and the yeah conversation. Well, there's the Midas complex, which is where everything you touches turns to gold. Mm. But then the problem is you can't eat because you can't eat gold. You know, that's what happened to King Midas, isn't it? He wished for everything he touched to turn to gold. Um, um, of course, there are billionaires who have the Midas complex. You know, people like yeah. you know, the founder of, of Tesla, what's his name? Musk. Elon. Yeah, 
he's got the Midas complex. Mm. The Messiah complex is different when you think you're going to take over the world. But of course, Jesus did do a lot of very important performances in his life. He did. The Sermon on the Mount, the Walking on the Water. Oh, yeah. The Resurrection. Such a showman. Yep. I mean, we should call him Barnum. <laughs> he had to put on a good show for the 12 Stations of the Cross, you know, which got written up. Mm. I mean, obviously, there's horrible, vile things that were done to him. But he, he, he put on a good face for it, didn't he? Because he knew that he was carrying the weight of the world on his shoulders, not just the cross. Yeah. Anyway, this is not a religious podcast, is it? It's not, no. Um, but I think the, the whole idea of performance, when you're suddenly required to step out of your normal day routine yes. and put on a show or live up to something, uh, it, it's quite an interesting area because it suddenly jolts you out of your, your normal existence. I mean, the, the cruelest way this can happen to most people is, <coughs> excuse me, if they're, for instance, at their birthday party, like a dinner or something, then everyone starts shouting, speech, 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 oh, yeah. you know, and you've got no option, have you? No. You're no going to have to say something. Yes. I mean, if you just duck out of it. You down that. You, you are disgraced in front of all your friends, right? Yeah. You know, they'll never let you live it down. So you actually are required to, to do something, to say something. Have you done many party speeches? I love speaking. Oh, do, is that do be, you, Daniel? Is that going to be a surprise? Whoa! In fact, the best ones I, ha I, I, I do are the ones that I totally don't prepare for. Right. Off Remember, the cuff. Off the cuff. Extempore. Mm. That's the right word for it. Oh, extempore. Extempore, yes. Yes, that's... Sorry, you know, that's a bit of wisdom. It's all right. Actually, I remember um, I was once, I was at university and uh, some chap was organising a public speaking competition and he was trying to drum up support. And, and I think I must have said, all right, yeah, if you need me, let me know. Yeah. And then I never thought a thing about it, didn't prepare a speech. Uh -huh. And was sitting in the law library. That's unusual for me, but, you know, there, there I was studying away. There were bits of the law that interested me. Most importantly, what happened to the Duchess of Argyll in that hackney carriage in that famous case from 1860 where she had sex in, in the hackney carriage and then tried to, her husband tried to suppress the story. You oh. know, the, and there was the, <laughs> yes. I mean, the, 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 the legal cases which are to do with sex always interest me. Oh. There's the other one of the chap who climbed up the ladder, having got drunk, knowing that a girl, um, you know, was in the in the bedroom up there. Is that known as the Romeo study? <laughs> I'm trying to remember, he had a really simple name like Jones or Smith. And um, and the question was decided. Now he, he'd stripped off, right? So he climbed up the ladder yeah. and she, as it turned out, mistook him for somebody else <gasps> who might also have been, you know, in the in the business of climbing up ladders to get into her bedroom at night. Right. Avoiding the parentals. Yeah. And she invited him in in the dark you see and then they made mad passionate love mm -hmm. and she realized at some point that he wasn't <gasps> the one and got terribly upset about it and then there was a question of whether there had been rape actually oh. uh, and and the question the court had to decide is had any part of his body crossed the building line when she invited him in See, if he was outside the building line yeah. and she invited him in, that was okay. Right. Because then he was um, he was invited. Yeah. If some part of his body had crossed the building line, mm. then he'd already trespassed. Okay. 
Okay. And so he was in trouble. And of course, the problem was he was naked and probably had an erection at the time. So the question of whether any part of him had crossed the building line became a, a bit of a technical question. He's, so he's on a ladder, Uh-oh. you know, with an erect penis. Mm-hmm. Um, anyway, it was those sort of cases that... Um, so how did it finish? Oh, I'm not going to... Well, you know, we'll save that for another day. Okay. Um, he got off. I know he got off. Yeah. He so got did off, she, he, he, got off, like... he got off twice over. <laughs> got his rocks off. <laughs> and then he got his ladder off. <laughs> We got her. Anyway, look, you're distracting me. Sorry. We're talking about speeches, weren't we? Having to make yes. Having to make a speech on on your birthday. How do we get onto this subject? <laughs> I have no idea, Daniel. Anyway, so you're you're there, and you have to, you know, you suddenly have to sort of come up with some clever words, right? Um, and um, and and amuse everybody, and it's quite. Mm. Demand. Most people say that they're more scared of public speaking than dying. No. Yeah. Whoa, no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Now, can you think of occasions when people are sort of required, either with or without warning, to make a speech? You know, everyone in their life is likely to get into this situation occasionally, you know, once or twice in their life. Can you yeah. can you identify the, the moments when this is likely to happen? Uh, sometimes when you've joined a new company, they'll be, say, oh, this is so-and-so. Let's hear a bit about themselves. Wake me up when this is over, please, somebody. I'm yeah. done. That's what about when you get married? Oh, uh, yes. I hadn't thought of that. I mean, the, the birth one, you don't normally have to make a speech, your own speech. And the death one, it's a bit late. Mm. Um, but the one where you get married right. is often an occasion where people have to make speeches. There's the, the groom, the bride. The bride doesn't have to, I believe. And the best man. And increasingly, what's the best woman called? The maid of honour. The maid of honour. So, yeah, there are those moments when you have to entertain a room full of people. Mm. What do you think about the, you know, the the wedding speeches? Wedding speeches. A performance. It's got to be a performance. Are, yes, it? yes. You've got to have humour. Yep. Heartfelt emotions. You dig up some really disgusting stories from their past to embarrass them yeah you can do well that's the, that's the best man's job isn't it yes yeah yep. I've not been to many weddings actually really I'm funerals for the... births uh, yeah very few of all, all right. the above. well you know, at, at a funeral do you know what you do if you speak of the dead I have spoken at a funeral is that called an What's it called when you when you say something nice about the, the dead? Is it called it's a... Like an obituary? No, no. No, I'm just thinking of the word. Mm. It begins with E. I'll come to it. I keep, I keep thinking of epilogue, but it's not epilogue. Oh. Anyway, and don't worry. Eulogy. Eulogy. No. Wait, this is a first, isn't it? <laughs> Sarah came up with the word before me. <laughs> I can't go home now. Not spelt with a U. U. So there's epitaph, epitaph and eulogy. What's the difference? I mean, I don't know what epitaph means. So epitaph, P-H at the end. Is that what you say on your gravestone? No. Well, maybe it's the end of something. You should have got a... We should have checked this out before we came on, 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 the, on air, so But to then speak. that defeats the, the show. Yes. The so the eulogy, the exactly. Eulogy. The eulogy. Tell me about... You've done a eulogy. Yes. Well, tell me about that. Well, uh, I think I have at one point. It's at my dad's funeral. I had written my eulogy for him which my best conversations and speeches etc come to me at night whilst I'm sleeping so I have to wake up 
type it in on my phone or write it down. So that I did. And funnily enough, my dad has been gone quite a few years. And I still have the the paper of my speech in one of my in my funeral coat, my coat for morbid occasions. So your dark coat. My dark coat. It's very nice coat. You keep a coat just for that, do you? Well, it's one that's a very elegant coat. You can dress up. It's. But you don't wear it other than at funerals, or you uh, other occasions. Mean, otherwise, it could be a bit funereal and could make you connect with bad times. I also feel a bit like I'm one of the cast members from Blade Runner <laughs> or Matrix when I wear it. I see. Yes. yes. Well, do you have dark glasses and stuff as well? I don't. Mm. Well, I do, but I've never worn it with it. Anyhow, back to the speech. So obviously, it's a really emotional day. It's someone that I was. Uh, very close to so it was yeah so tears before like during the service then it came up to me to do my speech and my brothers had done their speeches and they'd got through it but I am quite comfortable with public speaking so I get my sheet of paper out I go up to the front of the church I put it on the pulpit yeah, well, the lectern. The lectern, that's the one. Oh, I came up with the word. Uh, it's 15 all. <laughs> and I take a nice deep breath, and then I exhale, and then I do my speech. I was going to say with no emotion, but I had put all my emotion that I had, my tears and whatnot, to one side so I can deliver my clear speech to the congregation. I was going to say the audience but it's not an audience then it's my congregation mm. so yes and then once it's done oh, back to crying sit you, down you managed so to sort of hold it together you can hold but yes. did people confuse that with you not being an emotional about it i mean they like a few tears they do but you then all your girlfriends can rush up and, and crowd around you for support oh, i i'm not one for all of that but mm. uh yes no so i i guess that's part of mm. I mean, I've always been good at that. It's like at school, I'd always volunteer well, you, to do a reading yeah, and assembly. You're, you're an actor, so you... But this is why I'm saying, at school, at primary school, I would always volunteer to do a reading. Right. So there's a part of me, I guess like you, likes that performance energy standing in front of a crowd. Yeah. And giving a little piece of yourself yeah. to them. Yeah, it's an amazing relationship. And when they clap and cheer and stamp, how they give the energy back. You know, you've given them the energy yes. in the first wave, like when I do stand-up or something. And then yeah. you get that wave of appreciation and it all comes back to you. It's a, yeah. an amazing sort of energy exchange. Sarah, I've just remembered why we got onto this subject of, of this guy, the ladder and everything. Right. Because I was in the law library. Do you remember? Mm. You left me there. I did. And this chap who was organising a public speaking competition came in and said, Daniel, you're on. And I said, no, no, it's, it's all right. I mean, I, Jonathan, I, you know, I said I might, but I, I, I'm not doing it. And he said, Daniel, you have to. Mm. So many people have let me down. I've got these really important people there. Yeah. Uh, six significant figures. And, um, and there's this really embarrassing gap now before anybody else is coming. You just have to do this for me. Yeah. So I had the time it took me from getting up from the law library, going literally over the road mm. to my college, to think of something right so I, I go in I've got no notes I've got nothing yeah and uh, there they are the three of them you know all very important looking people a lady and two chaps and uh, 
And so I decided to talk about the, the importance of small companies. It was something economic or financial, I can't remember the whole idea. And I, I spoke about the importance of small companies in the economy. And, and I just found all the right words. I was funny and interesting. And then I forgot about it, went back literally straight after doing my piece. And then later they, they called everyone in for the awards and I came second out of all these people. And um, they said that they had loved the fact that I didn't need any notes. <laughs> <laughs> and I could just talk off the cuff. Yeah. The person who won, I didn't even hear them. I mean, apparently it was some piece of genius. They probably sweated over for years. But anyway, so I, you know, I knew I could do this stuff. Yeah. And apparently when you're doing public speaking, you're supposed to start with a joke um, and end with a quote. Do you know okay. that? Okay. I did not Start know with that. a joke and end with a quote. But then I, having listened to many TED Talks, yeah, they do follow that. Yeah, that's a model. You know, yeah. so if you haven't heard that, that's a oh, bit of homespun wisdom for all of you. <laughs> now look, I was going to just, maybe we're going to jump around a bit here, but a lot of people do have to give presentations mm. in their work life. Yes. Um, and that's quite scary for people, depending on how many people are in the room. Yeah. Sometimes you're doing it to a small group of people you know. Sometimes you're doing it to a conference. Mm. And um, and I've got an absolutely magic way of, of taking the, the, the scariness out of that. Do you know what that is? Um, well, that's a rhetorical question because obviously we haven't talked about it. But I, what I've found in life is that if people have to talk in an open-ended way, yeah. so there's no natural end, you know, there's, just, there's a room full of people being quiet, uh -huh. And you have a microphone and maybe a slideshow as a prop. You know, it, it's quite scary. And, then, and that, that, that sense of filling the, the void, the vacuum, of, you know, having to say something all the time is scary as hell. But what I've noticed is that people who are very bad presenters, very nervous, when it comes to the Q&A at the end, when somebody asks them a question, they're really good. Because when in that context, they're answering the question. Yeah. They know their subject because yeah. that's why they're up there. Right. So they can answer the question. So it's like they're answering the question from one person. Suddenly all that context has disappeared and they just are talking knowledgeably about something to that one person who asked the question and, and it will end mm. when they've answered that question. And that transforms them into really good speakers. Mm. So the trick here is what? When you're doing a presentation. Structure the presentation around a series of questions yeah. that you pose right and then answer your own questions uh -huh. and that transformed and I don't know why this isn't more readily known there are people that charge a fortune for tr training you in presentations I mean obviously there are other things like voice and God knows what but mm. the one thing for free I'm telling you all is put your presentation uh, frame it as a series of question a series of questions and then um, answer your own question. That's a very good idea. What are we doing here today, Sarah? We are talking about performance, Daniel. No, no, I asked myself that question. Oh! You see, you see how much easier it is, though, when you ask the question? Yes. Just pose everything as a series of questions, and then your presentation will go so well. If that works for you, please let us know, because we love feedback, don't we, Sarah? We, we do. don't get enough. Yeah. And sometimes we are giving you stuff that you, you could go through the whole of your life. Mm. Actually, never. I did get a comment the other day. But tell us, you can go through your life never... Never knowing this stuff. You know, what, what was the comment you got? Someone messaged saying, oh, I listened to an episode and I now know what a nosy Parker is. 
<laughs> they, Where they, it came they, from. <laughs> they relied upon me on the spur of the moment knowing the answer to that. Yeah. I think my older brother David taught me that. Oh, really? So I shared a bedroom with him for many years. Oh, it was quite influential sharing a bedroom with him because there was a picture of Karl Marx above the fireplace. I know he was born in 1818 and died in 1883 because you remember that if it's there every day. Mm. And we also did Scalectrics. We had a Fun. basically the entire floor was one Scalectrics track, oh. incredibly elaborate. We would lie in bed just sort of racing each other all night, you know, it was hilarious. Um, yeah, it was good. And you learn things from your older brother. You know, he got me a car when I was 16, 17, was it? 17. 17. Yeah, because he worked for Rank Xerox and they just gave you cars, you know. He was a salesman. Wow. Just used to give me this brand new Ford Escort, you know. I was just what? like a stupid 70-year-old driving around in a, in, a, in a lovely, it was white actually, I remember. Um, so yes, presentations, even public speaking, you could turn into a series of questions you answer. Let's do the wedding one. Now, what are we doing here today, Sarah? We are here to celebrate the wedding of Jamie and Carol. Uh, oh dear, I meant Sally. Uh, uh, Carol was the one I, I actually fancied, but uh, uh, this is getting awkward, isn't it? Um, Sarah. Yes. Something where you need to perform before you even get the job is an audition, right? Mm. And you're doing a lot of those these days because they're all videos that you're making, you're yes. making videos every day tell me how you get ready get of your best at an audition well I have the, um, over the years I have become less worrisome about my auditions because as a young person going out into audition to think oh my god like I need to get this job I need to do my best blah, 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 which actually puts a block in the way because you're thinking too hard you're trying too hard you're worrying yeah so now i just don't worry i look at the information that they've sent me i've taken because we've got to film at home and send the videos in now i know my setups of what's needed to show me in good lights the sound is correct i just get the job done efficiently yep. my you, agent's you... always surprised how like not quick that I go about it, but yeah, yeah, I am. I mean, you're, you're really good. I mean, the other day we were discussing something and you, you had to do this audition. I, I think you told me the storyline. Basically, it was for McDonald's mm. and you had to play the person that hadn't taken up the offer of a burger. You'd said, no, no, I'm fine. But then everyone else had got a burger and you had to watch them eating the burger. Oh, yes. And you were looking at them with increasingly hungry eyes. Yes. And you were so good. That at the end of it, I had to rush off to McDonald's and have a burger. Oh, really? Yeah, it was that powerful a performance. Yes. And that kind of sense of being left out, you know. Well, good job you weren't here for the one when I auditioned for some lube. <laughs> <laughs> and there's been an extra demand for all those things. I saw the Durex sales were up massively during, um, massively is probably the wrong word, um, in lockdown because, you know, basically people and sex toys as well, you know, because oh. there's not been so much. Saturday, well, I think we'll get on to sex then. Because mm. sex, after all, is a performance, isn't it? The act. It can be. I mean, be. provided there's somebody else involved. Yeah. That, that helps. Yeah. But, you know, but don't knock masturbation, because after all, it's it's sex with somebody you love. <laughs> As Woody Allen pointed out. Um, oh, yeah. uh, yes, that old joke. Um, yeah, but sex, you know, it's quite a scary thing. I mean, if, obviously, if you've been in a relationship for years, then everyone kind of gets to know what to expect and probably... Yawn making even oh, no. quite hard to suddenly you know put on a massive performance. 
But um, what's the word that you're supposed to use about your partner after they've done a great job? You were what? Fantastic. Mm, even better than that? Considerate. Certainly from a woman to a man. What's the word that a woman should always use to a man? Use to a man. I've no idea. Magnificent. Oh, magnificent. You were, let's hear it. Daniel. No, no, don't say Daniel. That's oh. going to cause problems. Sorry, just... Daniel. Full stop. No, no. Just put any other name there and just say you were magnificent. I want to hear I'm, it. I'm getting into character now. Use another name, not anybody I know, preferably. Sarah. <laughs> You're losing it. I'm going to have to take over again. You were magnificent. Let's have various takes on this. I want to... Sarah, you were magnificent. Sarah, you were magnificent. Sarah, you were magnificent. Sarah, you were magnificent. That one wasn't so sincere, but that was a yeah. I think you know. know I think that word something. magnificent is is a good word. And if, you know, if you girls want to sort of do something nice for your chaps, mm. you know, or for your ladies, well, I think it's a different word actually. You see, oh, okay. obviously, you were in a lesbian relationship there, were you? Yeah, yeah. Okay, sorry. Obviously, I should have understood that. But yeah. just two Sarahs, that's just weird. It is, isn't think? it? Do you think you could have that? Two girls, or any two people with the same name in a relationship, does that work? When you it have to... has for some. Okay, well, I, mean, I haven't stopped to think about it, but hmm. it might be a bit creepy. Maybe. Um, but if they were magnificent, you'd get over it, wouldn't you? Or under, depends what position you like. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, that first time, you know, you make love to a, a partner, mm. must be, you know, it's, it's a bit scary, isn't it? I mean, you know, your performance, and, and certainly for the chaps, because they have things they have to get right, whereas the, you know, the girls are more in receive mode in, in, in many ways. So, yeah. I mean, there is all this performance anxiety, you hear it, don't you? You do, With yeah. With the chaps, you know. Mm. And then girls score them, don't they? You know, how's your new boyfriend? I'll give him marks out of 10 in bed and out of bed, oh, you know. No. So some, some chaps get very high marks out of bed and real crap marks in bed. Oh dear. Um, but you said you train up your man, so maybe, you know. To be domesticated. Uh, <laughs> I, I think you, I've you, been in you, a relationship long enough to train them for anything else, yeah, really. I think you said in a previous podcast, Sarah, and I don't want to have to confront you with the evidence that you... You're not too worried about performance because you can train them up. I'm saying you can work with what you've got and know what each other's like, what each other likes. I haven't done that to anyone because mm. I take them as they are. Well, all right, let's go back. I think that's going to be an awkward subject to pursue today. So let's let's stick to the safe things like the. Well, let's go back to say to where you mentioned Sarah, but you're an actor. Yes. I work as an actor. Yes. And actors just people at the end of the day really yes i like to call myself a performer and there are everyone everyone's an actor and everyone's a performer that's how we get through life you have to deal with things in various situations and i said at school i like to read out an assembly so i've always had this you know performance gene yes and my brother william is actually quite actually my whole family quite like to be center of attention like puts us in front of a crowd and we're, we're comfortable there and many people even heads of companies the way they address their employees or they yep. give presentations there's something charismatic about their deliverance because they're 
a part of them is a performer. Yeah. They wouldn't be in that position without having, and you, Daniel, well, in your line of work, if you didn't have character and performance energy, you probably wouldn't have got the deals that you've no. you've done. No. And it's funny, I did an audition. Yeah, no, I was talking to somebody, a very important person on the on a, on a Teams call the other day, and he said, oh, he loved my energy. Mm. You know, because I was just so powerful on the call. Yes. And funny. Yes. And even here, we're having conversation, and to us it's quite natural, maybe some bits are a bit heightened, but we enjoy conversation. We enjoy yeah. some people, it's entertainment for them to listen to us. So it's an, a performance to an extent. One of my housemates, God bless him, he always, when I need to do an audition for couples, he'll help me. He'll be my fake couple, my fake partner. And the other day, he did a great job. I said, there was one bit we were filming and I said, oh, this is just going to be you doing the action. So you are the main focus. And he did it very, very well. I was like, Joshua, like, my agent will take you on if you want to do more of the more of this he goes oh well i'm not an actor and i'm like but you are an actor the way you interpret like you act out the directions it's just reliving life and you do it so well without all the extra thinking the deep thinking that some professional actors or yeah wannabe actors do because you can he's, a nat he's natural you he's natural so he's yeah. got that natural performance quality hmm. so when people go oh no 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 I, I mean there are some people who cannot act and you can see them become uncomfortable and even some actors or i hate saying wannabe actors or aspiring actors as much as they want to become an actor and successful you can see in their performance that they're not comfortable in that position deep down they might be convinced and they will say stories of oh my god i get so nervous i get this i get that yeah but it's there there are some actors who always deliver the same performance so you mm. actually think it's them yeah and they don't have to do any acting i mean if i just turned up being daniel mm. you know i wouldn't have to act i mean this is me this is and there me. are some actors i'm trying to think who is which, which actor is often criticized for always just being themselves right and never having you know the the, the most interesting actors are the ones where you see them in dramatically different roles. Yeah. Um, now, who was it who played the Cray twins in Legacy? Oh, Tom Hardy. Tom Hardy. Now, legend. there... Sorry, legend. Legend. There, because he's playing both brothers mm. who are so different. One's a sort of psychotic maniac and the other's quite sort of sensible. Yeah. The Cray brothers. Yeah. For some reason, I was um, thinking Cray twins. There, because <laughs> you're seeing them interposed all the time. You yeah. can actually see... The actor's skill mm. in an incredibly close up. It's not just like you saw him in one film doing this and then, you know, weeks later in another film doing that and thinking, yes. no, there you've got them. The whole thing is being presented to you yeah. um, all the time. And you think, my God, that this guy can play convincingly yeah. the rational, sensible brother yeah. and the absolutely mad, violent brother, both completely convincingly. And yes. I, I, that was one of the strongest insights into the actor's craft that mm. I've ever seen. Well, it's, it's having that ability to access the different layers in your emotion, go into and just being vulnerable yeah. or putting yourself in the position of someone else and understanding what they've gone through. Yeah. So a lot yeah. of empathy. Well, look, I've got a question for you. You have a brother, William, who is a world-class athlete, don't you? Yes, I do. What does he do when he's on the, on the starting grid? He knows he's got that 
short burst of energy to you know win gold, silver, whatever. Well, I guess. How, does, how does he get his head in the right place for that performance? I mean, I will not. Uh, I don't really know what he does exactly, mm-hmm. and everyone's got their own methods and rituals or whatever that they go through. But from what you see on TV when he's lining up or before he's lining up, and you know they're introducing yeah. who's about to race. As with other athletes, you can just see them looking calm, does in he their a, heads, Does he have a ritual focused. or something? I don't know, but who does have a ritual is Nadal. He does yeah, oh yeah, his, my God, the OCD all his stuff. Twitching and the OCD stuff. Yeah, and, and, the, and in the rugby field, when they're when they're trying to convert penalty uh, tries, you know, when they have to kick the ball, right? And they they all sort of come back and do the, all these incredible twitchy yes. things. I think Johnny Wilkinson started it. Okay. And they've all sort of copied him because he was one of the best ever. You know, they all do these this yeah. little ritual of, as you say, all this touching, all this touching and standing yeah. back and fiddling around. So God some knows. people, you can see their their process, and some others, you just think, oh, they look very calm. Or yeah. you could be at the at the line, or some tennis players are there and there. What? They're bouncing. What's the All Blacks thing they do, the rugby team, oh, before that's, they... Um, that's that, that, the hucker. The hucker, yeah. Yes. That's another sort of psyching out thing, isn't yes, it? Yes, but that's a team effort. Yeah, I that, wonder they're, if all, they're all in the yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I wonder if the players do their own thing before going on. Right. So William, you don't know. He, he obviously does something. He must have to do something to get your mind so focused on, on mm. being ready for that starting gun. Because a tenth of a second is like a, a year for those guys, isn't it? I mean, you, you win and lose in hundredths of a second. I mean, people say to me, I don't know how you can get on stage or in front of the camera and do what you do. But when I have been to the stadium to watch races, every time an athlete lines up, I am so nervous. I can, ba- I can barely, until that gun goes off, I'm so on edge. And it, oh, it's not a relaxing time for me, whoever no. I'm so watching. So you're, you're, you're feeling for them because you know what William goes through. Yes, yeah. yes. I guess, yeah, having that close connection of someone that you know. Yeah, I mean, it's, 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 I have incredible admiration for performers, having mm. done the little bit I've done. You know, that sort of stand up when you feel it right, you know, yes. and you get that incredible buzz. Yeah. I've also felt it when I did voluntary teaching, life skills at, oh, at, yes. at, the, at the school with the sixth formers and, and I just for 40 minutes I was just so alive you yeah know, so in control of well actually not totally in control but you know having to deal with these kids that I didn't mm. know get get them get them on side and get them interested and I found myself yeah. doing really weird things just doing an act really yeah it was a total performance but as soon as it was over I was dead I was like oh, exhausted yes. I said you, you, you can't be a teacher and oh, do God. this I mean, you never get through the day if you, yes. if you did what I did well that just shows and, um, the quality of teachers doesn't it those who don't give a performance and they're just reading from the textbook don't yeah. engage their classes much no more. they get through the day without breaking a sweat but I mean I you know I was exhausted I mean you couldn't do that mm. lesson after lesson but I mean they, the kids will remember my class yeah probably of everything they did in their school entire school probably right. they'll remember because I taught them how to make and save money you know <laughs> Amongst other things, negotiation. If you've not heard the that, art of uh, negotiation, well, and, and other, other life skills, saying. other life yeah. skills. But I mean, it was you know, it was incredibly powerful stuff, and I knew they were hearing it for mm. the first time, and it was like you know, I felt that responsibility yes. of introducing them to something that could really change their view of themselves yeah. and their their world. But then also, I've this might help uh, people who don't work in the arts. If you're given a presentation and you feel tense or 
just not really in your body move shake your limbs I find your limbs not some other part then <laughs> but uh I what, what, what was the other part I was thinking of your bum I don't know <laughs> I don't know Daniel stop it right uh so I've done a bit of voiceover work and uh, really? audio bits really? yes and actually last week when I was working I'd been repeating a few lines and it was meant to be for a runner and then in between some of the takes I started to move around and the director thought I was like about to walk off set I was like oh no I'm just getting some energy moving the protons and electrons or whatever around my body so I've got wait a minute minute. this is the the young lady that didn't get a science GCSE moving protons and electrons yeah what, what happened to the neutrons they're there too if they are uh... oh, you didn't mention them <laughs> is that because they're at the center of the atom and don't actually move for once you seem to have got something right by just luck <laughs> they're there but they're not much involved right so yeah you just have to shake things up and i was doing some adr what's that uh audio deficit recording so it's when you yeah i i know but oh yes oh so this Sorry, is... you, there's, there's 17 people out there just you know hanging on your every word Sarah please tell them what ADR so is ADR is when something's been filmed already and you have to go into the studio and add on some extra dialogue or fill in some stuff that's happening in the background like other I'm not already I can't stand it so some of the actors there I think uh, it was a, probably a first job after a long time during lockdown but their performance felt quite stale yes and as i've worked as a movement director movement director and my background is predominantly in dance and theater i took it upon myself to say to the director do you mind if i do a physical warm-up with the actors so they can relax and be able to deliver their speech and they were quite happy with that and it did change a lot of energy and you see some people, maybe yeah. uh, Mr. Trump, before he goes, he went on the podium. He listened to, he comes on to some music, didn't he? Like yeah. Bruce Springsteen. And then Bruce Springsteen got really upset because he doesn't want to be associated with Trump. That's it. I mean, then you can really pump yourself up with music. You can. I mean, look at, who's the Scottish lady? What's her name again? Oh, Bolt. Well, it's Sturgeon. That's the one. Oh no, it wasn't her, it was Theresa May. Theresa coming May? out dancing. Oh yeah. She's Man. really working her body so before she does her speech. So you think that you can get yourself speech. ready with listening to some really, you know, pumping music yes. that you love. Yes, Yeah. definitely. Yeah, I know that feeling. Yes. I used to listen to Queen, the show must go on before I did a presentation. Because it really Rock got it me, out. really got me going. Yes, yeah, some That people... loud, really loud, you know. The show must go on. I mean, it's like you were having to save the world with this presentation. That's it. Music I mean, is therapy. If you got this wrong, everything would fall apart. Whoa. Powerful it stuff. It fires you up. You might decide to take a nice, quiet concerto before you go on, if that's your, yeah. so, more your mood. So really, you know, if you if you link this back, and I don't know if it'll come out afterwards, but we did a thing on shower gels. Didn't oh, we? yeah. So the <gasps> perfect start to the day getting ready for like the interview we haven't discussed that yet because you talk about auditions but most people go to an interview yeah but you know your perfect start today could be that invigorating uh, shower gel animal would be my mm. my favorite one followed by your favorite pump up music 
Yes. And then you are set, girl. Yes. You are on fire. Fire. Did you said you listened to Randy Crawford's Blue Flame because I referenced I did, it? Did yes. that do it for you? I did enjoy it. Yes. And I they know me down the disco, right? That one. Yes. Because she's a blue flame. Can't get no hotter. Oh yes. She I'm is. I need she, to listen to it a few she, more times she to get all the lyrics. She is a girl, Randy Crawford. I mean, even the name, mm. you know, Randy. I mean, you know, you don't get a name like Randy by accident. No, you don't. No, it's telling you something. Yeah. And I'm available, Randy. You know. Maybe she's with Randy uh, Newman. Who you, knows? Do you know that, that in all married couples, yes, they agree one person that they wouldn't complain about if you were to be unfaithful with them. Do you know that? Oh, do they? Yeah, yeah. We, we, Jane and I have this arrangement. Okay. That there's one person in her case, an actor, and in my case, an actress. Okay, Daniel, an stop actor. it. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So. Um, that, that we wouldn't, um, you would, we wouldn't object, You'd, object to. What do they call it? The there's a card. The Brid- apparently, Bridget Bardot was was an acceptable middle class fantasy for mm. in France. You know, mm. um, but yes, interviews. Interviews. I mean, this is a more normal situation where people have to sort of summon up their energies and and give off their best. Yes. And, you know, and, and Make make it. It's a performance, it right? It is a performance. It's a performance. I've people done people a lot go on on not just the words, but much more the body language, the intensity, the feel mm. of, of how it all went. You know. Yes. So how how do you, what, what what advice can you give people? Well, I have actually seen a report about an interview I've done because I, I ended up working in the office for this company, and I thought, let me check my file. So it was a group interview, and their notes were. Sarah came off as quite quiet and reserved until she was given the opportunity to speak. (laughs) So in group situations, group interviews, I was assessing the room. I was seeing what level of Sarah they could accept. I love group. I love team activities, team involvement. So... Yes, when it came down, I gave them the Sarah Sharman. But then individually, you have to be, because I am such a performer, you don't really know how the other people will react. I've been in very corporate settings, temping, and I've been told to not be so uh, smiley, so to say, Mm. or crack jokes. Was that temping or tenpin? Tempin, Tempin. So, uh, is there a G on that? Temping. Oh, yeah. Sorry. Fun. There we go. Temping. Uh, yes. Because I thought it was Tempin. I thought you'd been on a bowling outing. You see. Oh, I do love a bit of bowling. Yeah. But Tempin. Get bowled over. Daniel. So individual. Well, you expect me just to leave you to rant on? I know. I, I often get uh, that comment on my on my voiceover. Temping. Get the ing. ing. Anyhow. Uh, so individual. I've also had people come into the workplace for an interview and if I've seen that they're nervous, I'll just chat to them, ask them how their day is, tell them about what's going on and just get them relaxed before they go through to see the one in charge. such a nice person. How long have we been talking, Sarah, to the nearest hour? 40 minutes. 40 minutes. So you can have the last few words about interviews or what else you've written down there. Well... I think the thing about interviews, and I don't want to get too drawn into that, because you know you, you do have to get on top of your game. You have to be lively. 
I think you made the point earlier that um, that you, you you know you've got to have energy and however you whatever works for you to go in energetically yes. is important. You, you you've got to be looking them in the eye, not swiveling in your seat. If they give you a seat, don't swivel in it. Okay. And make sure that you've got some questions to ask them, tough questions. Right, the interviewee should have. Yeah, because they always say, "Have you got any questions?" And right. People often, and I often aren't ready. Say no. People often aren't ready for that. Yes. And so I always ask, "Look, if I was facing five good offers, mm. why would I choose you over the other four? Ooh. You know, put them on the to the to the task of convincing you. That is good right? because is a... normally when they say, "Do you have any questions?" I tell them, "No, you have told me all that I needed to know." Yeah. If they have been. A good I mean, you could ask them a question like, is there any chance of me sleeping my way to the top? But, you know, that oh. probably wouldn't go down that to That would go straight to HR, wouldn't it? <laughs> go straight to HR. Now, look, I feel that I've left people dangling a bit. Okay. Because I, I reference that Jane and I have this agreement. Yes. You know, and I think I should put names to this. Mm-hmm. And then we can make judgments about it. Right. Uh, Jane's fantasy is Andy Garcia. <gasps> good choice, Jane. Yeah, she would Whoa. do... And I think... We're probably going back Triple in time a bit. Triple performer. Think of going back a bit because he's, he's not looking his best these days. Oh, isn't he? No. So I think she's got him frozen in time. It's probably some film that she liked him Coyote in. Coyote Ugly. <laughs> Whereas I've got Michelle Pfeiffer. Oh. And I, this, I'm torn between... She's like ageless, isn't she? I'm torn between the, the original Scarface movie. Right. Where she just looked amazing. Yes. And is it the fabulous Baker Brothers where she does this thing on a piano in a red velvet dress i've not seen that oh my god but wasn't she in stardust i think well, my housemate yeah, had yeah. that I mean, on and she oh, really? reveals, yes well, i need to go and see that immediately <laughs> my evening is now booked what's it called again stardust stardust michelle pfeiffer so michelle if you're listening well you know it's never too late um and yes yeah, so you know we, we have this kind of arrangement it's it's you know, it's quite fun really to think that Mm. I mean, I did meet Meryl Streep once and had a really? long chat with her, yeah. Oh, wow. She was with this real hunk, though. He was in the Harrods Food Hall. We need to go to the Harrods Food he Hall. Was, and he, and she came in there. and she was in the Harrods Food Hall. And I was with a guy who went up to her and said, do you remember me? You gave me some money on a bus in New York. I don't know how that happened. And um, and she did. And then but we all got talking. And then this very big hunk came along, presumably thinking that she was being bothered by, you know, people that had no reason to be there was he obviously yeah. did he'd you know catched some money off her which is a you know a basis for having a chat i would have thought yeah yeah and definitely. meeting her in london and in new york you know shows people getting around a bit that happened to me in one actor i'd met him in i'd seen him at charing cross station yeah. then i saw him in la and then i saw him at broccoli station really i was like Not broccoli station i thought do you know what it's like a shopping bag la London broccoli. Yeah, yeah and I thought it? if this isn't a sign, I don't know what is. And what happened? I proposed to him. And no, I didn't actually propose to Why him, not? but I thought maybe I should. I mean, what's the what's the um, the cowardly way of proposing to somebody? I've no idea. You say, everyone ready for this? Yeah. What are you doing with the rest of your life? Oh. I mean, and you just he, say that, and he replied. It doesn't mean to say. It doesn't mean to locations. say that I would like to spend the rest of my life with you. It's just it's kind of like you know. What are you doing? Yes. I mean, they, if, they might interpret it as what could we spend the rest of our lives together. Mm. But you haven't said that. If you think about it, the words don't say that, do they? No. That's what are you doing with the rest of your life? Mm. There's lots of ways of getting things on the table. 
you know, in a slightly clever way. Now, Sarah, when I say now Sarah, there's always something about the tone, the, you know, the dropping of the voice there, which is really saying, do you think it's time we stopped this goddamn nonsense? I mean, I feel like let it just our, go on all afternoon. Let our adoring audience just get back to something useful in life. Although yeah. I just discover that, that some people are listening to us while baking and, and others, you know, so we're not necessarily oh, yeah. causing them to stop you know, all, all the things that they... And who was that baker you met the other day? Alika. Alika's make, Treats in who, Greenwich Market. Who makes Market. those amazing baked cheesecakes in mm. Greenwich Market. We, you had one. You had the raspberry and pistachio one, didn't I you? I did, yes. You thought I was offering you my body, but I was just offering you a cheesecake. You were so disappointed. Oh, well, you know how it is. Get to my age and you think everything's a proposition. <laughs> 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 or a performance. <laughs> Yeah, performance. Well, you know, I think I think probably we've raised the subject of performance to a, a new level here, where people suddenly realise that actually they are performing, mm. um, and they need to think harder about how to make a good thing of it. That's it. Um, well, look, Sarah, we said start with a joke and end with a quote. Have you got a quote? I've got a quote. Go for it. Um, people who pick cherries. Yeah. Start with the best and end up with them all. Ooh. So, you know, that's it. You have a bowl of cherries, you yeah. choose the ripest ones first, but you end up eating them all. That's and a good I one. have picked quite a lot of cherries in my life. I apologise to all of you young ladies <laughs> that were involved. But, you know, it was probably a great performance, memorably yes. great. So, you may have forgiven me. That was a joke, by the way. So I ended up with a joke rather than a quote. Well, here's my quote from William Shakespeare. All the world's a stage, and all the men and women merely players. They have their exits and their entrances. And one man in his time plays many parts. His acts begin seven ages. Something like that. Sarah, you found that in real time. I'm so impressed. It was such a great way end so I will be silent and let you sign us out thank you everyone for listening to us once again for homespun wisdom talks with my neighbour feel free to reach out to us on all the social medias until then ciao for now bye <laughs>